G'day, everybody. It's time for another LJ and Redders AFL podcast. With me, as always, is journalist and sports broadcaster, Lucas Holmes. Hello, LJ. Uh, good morning, David. Morning, ladies and gentlemen. We've finally got our breath back from the weekend, so that's good. But plenty of AFL to go. Preliminary finals this weekend, David. It's um, Some people call it the purest time of the year for football in itself, so looking forward to it. Okay, absolutely. The preliminary final weekend's huge. Now, some uh, results from last week. One, I'm not sure, was overly predicted. The other was. Brisbane, 92, finally putting some demons to bed, going to Melbourne and beating the demons, 92-79. And there's been a further flow-on from that last night at the, the Appeals Tribunal with Garrett Berry able to play this weekend, which is fascinating. And then the other game, which I think most pundits predicted, the last game of David Mundy's storied career, Collingwood 79, defeating Fremantle by 20 points. Um, uh, 79-59, also at the MCG. Lucas, first of all, um, in, onto the Brisbane-Melbourne game, uh, Daniel Rich, uh, McCl- Hugh McCluggage, uh, Lockie Neal in good nick for the Brisbane Lions, and uh, Clayton Oliver shot down by, and Berry also, but a very good performance by Brisbane. It was, David. It was a well-rounded performance, but gee, it was an absolute ripping game, David. Um, Melbourne uh, flew out of the blocks. They were up by 15 points at quarter time. They kept rolling. They're up by 22 points at the main break. But then five successive goals from Brisbane in, in that third quarter really um, put put it on on even led, ledging to three-quarter time there, David. They were nine. It was 8-11-59, played nine, 5-59 at the three-quarter time break. And that made it the, the eight, eighth game in VFL slash AFL history where scores were tied at three-quarter time. But and then Brisbane just ground out a big performance in that last quarter. They came out really quickly. They held a what a three-goal margin late into this late into the contest. And Melbourne came hard, but Brisbane, a big upset for them. And they're through to a preliminary final. And as you said there, Lockie Neal was outstanding. David Jared Berry um, kept Clayton Oliver. So I think it was nine disposals in the second half. So it was a big performance. And you spoke about Rich there as well. And Melbourne, it'll be. Uh, they would be, as it was in the media, they'd probably label it partially as a, as a failed season, David. I think not, they were defending premiers and making it through to a semi final, going out in straight sets. It's not good for them. And they've had some big news on the trade block the last couple of days as well, which has been predicted, which we'll get to later on. But for Brisbane, their first win at the MCG since round 21, 2014. So some, uh, you saw some Fitzroy and some Brisbane supporters lapping it up post-game, David, and why not? And they're through to a, a preliminary final, but it'd be a big task for them. Massive. On to Collingwood and Fremantle, and Fremantle came home with a wet sail. The score's actually a little bit flattering. Collingwood kept three out of four goals, four in the first three quarters. And when you do that in finals, unless it's Poe going down in a monsoon, uh, you're going to win most games of football. Collingwood 11-13, Fremantle 9-5. Um, of, of course, a fantastic career for David Money, but Collingwood continue on doing what they we all thought they would and setting up a massive fixture at Moore Park on Saturday night. Lucas is grinning like a Cheshire cat. I'll let, you, let him tell you his news. But uh, Collingwood, a good solid performance and they're into a prelim and I don't think too many people, even the most ardent of Collingwood fans, and I'm speaking to one right now, would you, if I had told you at the start of the year that Collingwood would make a prelim final, do you think you would have told me you were dreaming in all honesty? Yes, um, definitely, David. Um, I think, what was it? We finished 17th at Collingwood Football Club last year. There was a stat I'm not sure who may have posted it. I don't think I've saved it on top of me either. It's, um, I think it's the second greatest um, flip and ladder position in the regular season um, from the following season there, David. So I think Brisbane 
may may be on top there with that statistic. But it's a it's a huge flip flip in their success. And credit goes to Craig McRae in, in flipping the culture around. Before I get into a bit of a recap, David, you alluded to it right off the top. What a career, um, David Mundy has been absolutely superb in the last couple of years, particularly, which has um, made his career go even further. But I think he's eighth all time here on all games played. He's 376. He's two games behind the great Simon Madden. But of course, Brent Harvey right at the top of that, 432 games, excuse me. And Michael Tuck, um, the evergreen Michael Tuck, premiership success all around his career. He played 426 games. So in the top eight there for David Money on a great career and purely because he's played with the West Australian club, definitely the media, apart from the last week or two, definitely have, haven't got to how great of a career he's had. And just just quickly, Michael Tuck played 60 games in reserves before he played in, in first. So talk about a career. Look, um, look, very superb from um, free from David Mundy. Jordan Ngoi's answers to critics in the last month. He's been terrific and finally starting to harness that enormous potential that he's got. And he may he may be playing himself into a contract at Victoria Park, Lucas. Uh, I know we spoke about him a few weeks ago when he got into some trouble. He has started to repay some people. And perhaps he, at, Collingwood's got a lot of hard, hard-head supporters and people and influencers. They certainly must be happy with his form and research. He has been almost their best player. Yeah, he, he was superb on, on the weekend, David. He was uh, a contested bull, which they'll need, which I've spoken about at length all season with Taylor Adams missing the rest of the season. Dugowie himself had 24 disposals, a goal four tackles, six clearances to go with 12 score involvements as well. And I was reading a little bit on him uh, during the week, according to John Ralph, who's one of the uh, higher up footy writers there at the Herald Sun. There's a, apparently a four-year uh, contract on the table to go with two of those um, being at the club's discretion when it comes to incentives and with um, playing statistics and things like that and potentially with some things off the field. So there's apparently, according to John Ralph, a four-year contract ahead there of Jordan Degoe, of course, with other clubs not having with other clubs having more salary cap at their disposal. Um, Collingwood's offer would be dwarfed by that. But going into the game specifically, um, I, uh, Blake Akers was superb uh, for Fremantle, David. He, he had 27 disposals, three tackles and two clearances. There's some trade talk going on with him as well. Caleb Sarong, I've spoken about him the last couple of years. He had 34 disposals, four tackles and five clearances. And uh, the greatest set of steak knives, David, in the history of the Australian football league, Jack Chris keeps going on, 24 disposals, two goals, five tackles and six clearances. Yep. Very solid. And of the two teams who are played last week and are going into prelims this week, I give Collingwood by far the biggest chance. I don't really think Brisbane are going to beat Geelong, even in the worst conditions. Um, Collingwood and Sydney, however, um, I think that's going to be uh, a... Much different thing. Lucas, I believe you may may have some news in relation to Collingwood and Sydney. Anything you care to share? Uh, yes, I am. I am going to be in attendance on Saturday afternoon, David. So thanks to uh, um, some people that we know. So uh, I'm very fortunate to uh, get some tickets to Saturday afternoon. It's a sold out uh, SCG, David. Those general public tickets were snapped up in what, 25 to 40 minutes. So it's going to be an absolutely outstanding atmosphere on Saturday afternoon. Can't wait for it, David. But either way, the result, a sold-out SCG is a great uh, theatre to be at, so looking forward to that one. Preliminary finals this week before we go into some trade and some AFL Sydney, AFL HCC and other things. Um, okay, preliminary finals. Friday night, Geelong, by virtue of being minor premier, get the early the early uh, game. 
So it's Geelong and Brisbane, Friday night, MCG, 7.50. Saturday, twilight, to give Collingwood a chance to get home that night, and which they will. Uh, knowing Collingwood, they'll have a jet, and I'm not being smart here, they'll... Um, Collingwood will have a, a, a plane waiting for them. Sydney and Collingwood, 4.45 at the SCG. Uh, what will be packed out? That joint will be thumping. And uh, I know a lot of it. I've said this multiple times, but I'll say it again. A lot of Victorian people, in fact, people from outside New South Wales, do not realise how good a ground the SCG is to watch Australian rules at. It is superb. I can't believe that Collingwood's at $3.05. Um, I know a lot of people would be taking that. I'm not surprised, however, that Brisbane are $3.50. Louis, first of all, Geelong and Brisbane. Um, I'm on Geelong by 18 points. I just think at the moment they're the best team in the AFL. Um, they're a team built for now. They've got a one or two more years left in this particular window. Um, and they've had a week off. Jeremy Cameron will be 110%. John Hawkins won't be quiet again. Um, and with Brisbane losing one of their key backs for the season with concussion issues, although Jared Berry is playing, um, I'm on Geelong by three goals. Yes, you said there, I'm going with Geelong as well, David, by a similar margin, I think anywhere between that three and five goal margin. Although, as you spoke about the Fremantle-Collingwood game last week, David, the scoreboard mightn't re- necessarily reflect how it, how it happens on the field. But as you said there, no Marcus Adams, who's the player you're alluding to there with those concussion symptoms. He's been ruled out of the year for the season. Dan McStay's played a bit behind the football as well. So maybe he gets one of them in the short term at least. But as I said throughout the season, um, not many teams have two big key defenders that could shut both Hawkins and Cameron down. Um, Collingwood were able to nullify Hawkins for the large part that Cameron got on the, off the leash, particularly in that last quarter. So that's how that qualifying final ended up. But I think Geelong dominance in the forward half and their midfield good as well. They've got some run on the outside. They've got some luxury too. Brendan Parfitt didn't play in that qualifying final. He could come back in if they need to run. So they've got plenty of options there down at Continua Park at uh, Geelong. And I think their overall depth will just uh, test Brisbane a little bit too much. And so they're Geelong for me by four goals. Sydney and Collingwood is a fascinating matchup. Um, of course, a very different shape ground than the MCG. You, it's, it's much more like Henson Park in its dimensions, Lucas, for those of you that know Sydney football. Um, you go straight down the spine at the MCG. You, if the Swans want to shut you down, they'll go wide to the wing and just hold the ball there. That's the way they've won games previously. This is a very talented... This is one of the more talented Sydney outfits I think I've seen. They've often had a lot of blokes that are grinding hard footballers, get a hard footy. This side's got a lot of talent. Can Collingwood beat them? I think they can. It's going to be tough. Um, you just... That, that home ground advantage is very hard to look away from in front of these fans. The interesting thing is here is that Collingwood always travel well. I'm expecting there to be upwards of ten to 15,000 people just in black and white, as I know Lucas will be. It will not be a typical normal Sydney home game in that there'll be so many people. And remember, there are a huge amount of New South Welshmen that follow Collingwood and always have. Lucas being an example, but there's a lot of the Collingwood army is widespread and you can always find a Collingwood fan in any corner of Australia. As much as I don't dislike them, that you can find them everywhere. Can Collingwood win? Yes. Can Collingwood win? They can. Can they find a way to shut them down? I think they can, but it's a very big ask at the SCG. Lucas, your thoughts. What, how do you see the game being won or lost? Yeah, it's it's going to be a tight one, David. Sydney, you've got so many dominant players. You spoke about it. They're really tough on the inside and they have been throughout the duration and being the Sydney Swans, but they've got some run and carry on the outside as well. Plenty of talent. Luke Park has been vastly underrated this season. Um, he'll have a real shot when it comes to 
uh, Sunday night potentially, and we'll talk about a bit a bit more about that later on as well. But Luke Parker, Chad Warner, and they've got some up and emerging talent as well. Warner's young, Logan McDonald, uh, Ryan Clark, who did the shutdown uh, defensive forward role, and Nick Dacos in that game in what was it, round 21. So yep. there's some talent there, but they've got some balls on the inside, and their forward line's been really restructured there. I spoke about McDonald when Franklin's not there. Sam Reed's really had a, a really good back half of the season, particularly. And in that back half where he had to, I think it might have been that Melbourne game earlier um, in that in that back third, David, where one of the players went down with concussion early and Reed had to ruck as well as play forward. He's been evergreen since. So great to see one of the Reeds um, have a back half of, the, of their career where they haven't been plagued by injuries. So that's great to see for Sam Reed. For Collingwood, it'd be interesting to see for me who goes to Tom Papley. For me, that would be either Isaac Quain or, or Brayton Maynard more in that lockdown role. They like to use Maynard as, as sort of that tagger at, at stoppages in the centre square. So look out for that one. Um, could Collingwood cause an upset? Yes. But Sydney at home, I'll tip them by eight points, David. But it's sold out SCG. It's going to be a great afternoon. It is. Collingwood have been up for such a long time. Remember, they were superb against Geelong and could considerably have won that game. They were, I think, Workmanlike against Fremantle, I think they shut them down. Sydney in Sydney is a completely different question. Um, Collingwood would have been a professional enough to um, change the dimensions of their training structures this week to go and make them SCG size, which they have. Yep, yep. I'm actually, I reckon Franklin's close to the end of his career. He's certainly not the danger he was, but he's had a glorious career. Let's face it. I'm actually going to tip an upset. I think that Collingwood will win by seven points. I just think they're riding this wave of emotion and confidence. Um, I don't know who can shut down uh, 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 Dugowie. Uh, Chris playing great football. Uh, they're getting good service from all around. They're an even side. Um, their one meekness may be tall backs. Maynard's an All-Australian. I just think that they're on that ride. Um, I don't think Sydney, going to Sydney doesn't scare Collingwood. I think it'll be a lot different thing going to Optus or Adelaide if those teams are there. So Collingwood for mine by seven. Why? I just think they're on this great wave of confidence and they they make every possession accountable. They don't give away much. Um, and it could be one of those games that's like 75, 68 or something like that. I don't think it's going to... I think there'll be a lot of lockdown. I do think there'll be an enormous amount of stoppages, ball-ins and also ball-ups. I think there'll be a huge amount, Louis. So, so we're both on Geelong. Louis tips for Sydney. I've tipped Collingwood. They're the preliminary finals. Once again, before we go into trade talk and Brownlows and other things, it's Friday night football, Geelong and Brisbane at the MCG, 7.50 first bounce, followed by Saturday twilight, 4.45 is the first bounce at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Louis, Luke Jackson, mate, looks like he wants to go and play in purple and white. Yes. Um, so he, he has nominated Western Australia, um, just in general, hasn't nominated a club as yet as we've had some other trade talks in the last couple of days, AFL officially opened their trade radio, which is a great listen for those um, people wanting to get more of an insight to have some ex-players and some uh, some some media fraternity through there as well. Damien Barrett and Cal Toomey, who's one of the better uh, draft and now does better than some of their better draft work when it comes to that time of the year as well. So they've got some great people on that on that trade radio. So yeah, look, look out for that one if you can. But Luke Jackson looks like he's heading to... Western Australia, and the, the talk has been Fremantle the whole time, David. It'd be interesting there as well um, what happens with Rory Lobb, who is also expected to um, request a trade to the Western Bulldogs today. 
um, that it was the talk yesterday afternoon. So Lob as well. There's some been talk on Blake Acres also. So Fremantle looked like they could have a mini exodus, but uh, potentially getting Luke Jackson, that'll be big for them. Uh, Sean Darcy and Luke Jackson, that's pretty formidable. Uh, but the big one for me, the last couple of days, David, has been that of Junior Rioli. And um, there was some talk in the back half of last week. We didn't quite get to it that he was potentially requesting a trade to South Australia. He has indeed requested a trade to Port Adelaide Football Club, David. He played some sample with, from, with Glenelg, so there's some family ties there. So get that closer to family. And uh, West Coast released a statement in the last couple of days. The CEO, Trevor Nisbet, was, was extremely disappointed, bitterly disappointed um, with Rioli's um, trade request, particularly with how they've supported him the last couple of years with that anti-doping, that two-year anti-doping ban that was backdated. So Junior Rioli looks like he could be headed to Port Adelaide as well. I can't believe that. I, I find that astonishing. It's like a smack in the face. I, um, I'm not being personal with, with this particular player, Rioli, but West Coast on everything. I can understand why they're so frustrated and so annoyed with him. And I, if he owes them and they were there for him all the way through, it smacks of callousness and a little bit of selfishness there. And I just, I just certainly, I can't find myself to agree with what he's done in any way, shape or form. Lob to the Western Bulldogs is interesting. You wonder whether Melbourne will come in for a late bid for him. To be honest with you, um, he's in the back end of his career. And to be quite honest, I don't think he's ever really delivered on that enormous promise. The dogs that have him in a heartbeat, he would make them a very dangerous football side. Um, but as always, a lot of Victorian players. Now, Lobb's Western Australian. He, he must must have got a good offer from, from the doggies. So it'd be really interesting there. Lucas, we ended up in our AFL, AFL Sydney season on the weekend at Henson Park, a massive day of football. And uh, University of New South Wales, Eastern Suburbs, uh, proving too strong in the um, Premier Division uh, men's grand final in a, in a consummate and uh, competent performance from them. Yeah, they ground out a bit a win there, didn't they? Kept North short of two goals, 10. And they just ground out a big performance. A, a couple of key contributors around the ground. Um, Mitch Com on the medal for best on ground as well. But Darcy Cordell was solid. And um, we spoke about Tom Baxter. He did that big role on Ned Campbell in the middle as well. So as you said, they're a consummate performance from the Bulldogs. And after a few years of dominance, they finally got a flag to their name after a couple of shortened and cancelled seasons. So it's good for them. But we'll see North Shore rebound. They had a very strong season, came roaring home um, with a wet sail they did. So Jake Veal, of course, one of the joint feeling medalists as well. So it was great for him. Mitch Conn was another joint. Noah Casolini, as well as Stephen Ray, which we spoke about a bit more last week. So um, so a big win there for the Bulldogs and a great under-19s Division One grand final too between Sydney Uni and the Bulldogs as well. The Bulldogs ended up having three uh, teams in the grand finals over the five games that we covered, David. So it was a big day for them. Absolutely, it was. It was a massive. Um, it was a huge day there. The last game had a bit of spice. And I'll tell you, Willow Dilly and Manly was on for you at all. Some, a, a, a few incidents there. It was a huge day. Congratulations to everybody involved. Sam, Dick, Ben, Alex, Bronte, everybody, the whole team from AFL. It was su- superb. It's a huge day. 5GS is a massive day. Uh, it was great to work with you and Jono uh, again, Louis. Louis, can I just ask quickly, um, you've been doing this a while now. What What is it for you that that is so enjoyable to commentate our great game? What, what Why for you has it become such an integral part of your life? And w- explain to us what it's like for you, please. This is I, I really want to focus in on you. 
what it, what it's like for you to be in commentary of, of our great game. I think it just being able, be, having played at a semi at a, at a semi level and having umpired as well, it's just about giving those a, a few insights in various areas of a game. If you played, you might only see it one way, but having umpired as well um, sort of gives you a different dimension. You'll be able to explain th- through a few things that happen throughout the year that aren't quite um, that don't happen very often as well, and having really this is what I've been wanting to do for a fair while now get into the sort of the media and the broadcasting side of it it's been an absolute ball this year joining you David but it's another it's a it's a step up the quality of football is great that's not a that's not a slight some of the other um competitions we've done through the year but having ex um AFL players VFL listed players and on the women's side AFLW quality players going forward David and throughout the competition not just limited to one or two sides um, it shows how deep these competitions are, and it's not the uh, biggest community league that's um, played entirely in the state of New South Wales for nothing. Exactly. That's a great answer. Louis, we've got some um, AFL-HCC uh, grand finals to call you and myself. We've got an extra week on tapped under our season. We're going over to Passage Road uh, at Baddow Bay on Saturday for Warners Bay and Musselbrook in the Shield and then Newcastle City and Nelson Bay in the plate. And a lot of people that we, very dear friends of ours, are going to be involved in both games. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a big day, David. The uh, conclusion of the AFL Hunter Central Coast season. We haven't been at Passage Road uh, for quite a while. We called some representative women's games against AFL Canberra there a fair few years ago now. So it'd be good to get back there, at one of the better um, grounds in terms of drainage and things like that in the region. Yep. So looking forward to that one. Uh, Warners Bay haven't had a senior uh, premiership for a while, and Musselbrook have been right up there the last couple of years as well. They've had some um, quality. We, we spoke about Bo Harris in the past. He won. He went into state, but he's he had been one of their better players. You got the Cullens up there as well. Bailey's now at Newcastle City, but they've got their younger brother playing uh, still in uh, blue and white hoops. And then the and you look at the other game, David Nelson Bay in Newcastle City. We know how big a force Newcastle City have been for a number of years. They've got some quality in their third side and Nelson Bay as well. Speaking about quality, Craig Bird still running around. Great to see Billy Barton, a former team of the year. Uh, Inclusion there in the ruck for, for the Nelson Bay, Kai Offen, um, Matt Blythe as well. So there's some quality in all four sides, David. Looking forward to a big day on Saturday. 11 first, 11.50 first bounce for game one. That'll be on the AFLHCC uh, Facebook page, live streaming. Lucas Holmes and David Redden with you. Looking forward to it very much. Louis, thank you so much for your time. Um, anything else further? Or uh, you got, we've got another one before we head off? Yes, mate. The- there is, David. Uh, looking at a coaching search, David, at Tullamarine. Essendon had some big news last night that, indeed, uh, James Hurd put his hand up to be interviewed for the coach of the Essendon Football Club. And there's some big talk around there. Adam Uze, the uh, Melbourne assistant, uh, sort of firmed as the favourite. But Hurd has put his his hand back up the last uh, uh, 12 to 16 hours. So some big news there out of Tullamarine looking forward. But it looks like, to me at the moment, Adam Uze could be the next coach of the uh, red and black. Essendon will not go with James Hurd. It's as simple as that. Okay, there's too much baggage there. Way too much. The Melbourne press, can you imagine our dear friend Caro, if James Hurd got the gig, she'd be sitting there knifing him for years. Um, but yes, no, I, I think he's always on his way to have the hangar uh, to Tullamarine and, and looking after the Essendon Football Club. I also think that Xavier Campbell might very well be on his way to Arden Street. I, I can see that happening because he's a very smart operator. Um, and it's not his fault, some of the things that have happened at Essendon. Of course, he had to clean up the mess after the, the, the drug saga there at, at, at Essendon. So, no, I, that, I agree. You go. Yeah, sorry. And that was after two 
Um, Ross Lyon uh, di- didn't take the approach from Essendon, neither did Leon Cameron. And Cameron himself actually stayed in Sydney. He's now the head of the coaching director of the Swans Academy. So he stays in Sydney around family and uh, switches allegiances, goes to the other side of the Sydney Harbour Bridge. And Leon Cameron the, is the new he- he- uh, coaching director of the Sydney Swans Academy. I think that's a great move by the Swans. They're not stupid, that football club. I don't always like them on the field, but I think they're a very stable club off it. Louis, thank you so much for your time. Have a look forward to seeing you this weekend. Enjoy your football and certainly enjoy Sydney and Collingwood. Best wishes to you and all your, your Collingwood mates. Hope you have a great day out. And uh, we'll catch up with you next week for our grand final edition. And don't forget, the Brownlow medal is on this Sunday night. Louis, just before we go, uh, very quickly, your tip, please. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a big one. You've been on Miller the whole season, David. I just think Lockie Neal, um, his back half of the season was absolutely superb and he's continued it in finals. So looking for the Gary Ayers Award as well for the best player in the finals. But Lockie Neal for me, David, but it's going to be an absolute uh, tight tussle as it has been on the ladder and across the years, which is great to see. But Lockie Neal for me from the Brisbane Lions. And for me, Miller, then Neal, then Oliver and Jeremy Cameron to make the top 10. I think Cameron's had a, had a superb year, but I'm going to stick with my tip from months away. Took Miller for me to win his first Brownlow. Lucas, thank you so much. Look forward to seeing you on Saturday, my friend. Not a problem, David. Catch you then. Thank you very much. Everybody, look, thank you for listening to us. It's been great to pick the great man's mind. Look forward and speak to you soon. Bye-bye.